0: And so, you know, I'm sure you can find something online and, um, that will give you the position, the, the moral positions, focus on the family. Some of those uh, websites I know have things, that, will, that, that uh, information that will tell you that. But God, and I'm going to say this, God will hold us as believers, as Christians, responsible for how we cast that ballot. All right? He will hold us responsible. We will answer to God if we uh, on how we voted and who we elect as our leaders of this nation. Amen. So I encourage you to exercise your right, pray, seek the Lord, be led by the Spirit. And uh, what I can tell you is this: vote righteousness, vote life, vote the Bible. Come on, Amen. And that's what we need to do. All right. Open your Bibles today to the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, if you would. Amen. want to welcome our first-time visitors today. So glad to have you all with us. Make yourself at home. Hope you enjoy the service this morning. Proverbs, chapter number 18, we, we did. We were in the book of Proverbs on Wednesday night for a year and a half, studying it verse by verse. But there's a lot of good preaching still yet. In the book of Proverbs. And I want to call your attention to Proverbs 18. One verse of scripture this morning. Chapter uh, 18 and verse number 10. Proverbs 18 and verse 10. And it says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Let's read that together, would you? The name of the Lord is... Is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about our strong tower. Our strong tower. Uh, we have a strong tower in a place of a place of, of, of shelter and a place of refuge and a place of safety and a place of protection today. In the Lord, you know every animal knows it's their instinct is in every animal. They know how to flee to a place of refuge or a place of safety when they're being preyed upon, when there's an enemy attacking them, when they're being pursued or they're being threatened. Uh, those, uh, all of God's creation has that instinct to find a place of safety or refuge when they're in danger. Some, you know, will dive into a hole in the ground that they've, 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 um, that they've made. This groundhog we've got living back here, every time we pull around the building, he flees for safety. He runs in under our shed out there. But uh, some of them will go into a hole in the ground. There's some that will scale the tree, climb up a tree to escape their predators. Some will run into some thicket, some dense woods, or some place to hide, maybe. In the tall grass. And then there's other animals that rely on their color to make them blend in with their surroundings so that they're invisible to the enemy and to those who are attacking them. But you know, there are many times in life today, saints, when we feel like that we're being preyed upon by the devil, by Satan. The Bible describes the devil as a roaring lion, that uh, he is as a roaring lion. And he walks about seeking whom he may devour." And, you know, we go through times, all of us, I believe, where troubles overwhelm us and we feel the need just to flee, just to run, to get somewhere where there's a refuge and there's a hiding place for our troubles. Somebody was mentioning a bumper sticker that they saw that the bumper sticker said, when the going gets tough, the tough head for the hills. Hey, man, well, sometimes that is the case. But we all have that instinct to find a place of refuge, of protection. That means to run. When we're heading for the hills, you've heard that expression. Let's head for the hills. Well, that means to find a place of refuge, to flee the trouble that we're in, and to seek a place of safety. I remember my grandma, you know, she was in a tornado, and Cape Girardeau back in the 40s when the tornado hit Cape Girardeau and uh, every time there were storm warnings you know if we were if she was staying and and, and taking care of me at our house and we had a basement it, we didn't have tornado sirens and things back in those days but um you know when they would give a storm warning on the kfvs 12 and they would give a storm warning or a tornado watch if they gave a tornado watch she thought that's a warning it's there and you know that's the way it was and she'd get me out of bed and didn't matter what time of night it was she'd get me out of bed and get me dressed and down to the basement we go she sensed an urgency to find a place of shelter to find a place of refuge amen and the bible is clear the bible is clear that security in our lives is not the absence of danger or trouble it's not the absence of problems but the security in our lives is the presence of of God, the presence of God. Because we're always going to face troubles in life as long as you are in this world. You're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles. You're going to face difficult times. But thank God we have a place of, of refuge in the presence of the Lord. There are a lot of great towers. And we, you know, you're familiar with some famous towers. You know, the Eiffel Tower is a famous tower. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. You know, that's a famous tower in Italy. You know, we have towers. There, uh, one of the famous towers. How many knows this famous tower, the noblick Tower? Hey, Amen. It's not world-renowned. But has anybody ever been up there, climbed up there? I just never. Yeah, a lot of people have been up the noblick Tower, but it's a tower, I think, for the force rangers to be able to, to, to go up and look and to see and to make sure there's, everything's, everything's clear and to watch for fires. But we talk of great towers there's there's uh, you know traffic control towers at our airports that direct the traffic the air traffic controllers are in but you know what if you want to if you want to talk about a great tower today uh, there is a great tower that this verse speaks of and that great tower of refuge that great tower of strength is what this the writer here of, of, of proverbs says is the name of the lord the name of the lord Lord the name of the Lord is a strong tower it's a high tower it's a powerful place a place of refuge that we can go to now I want to look at this this morning for just a few moments and first of all I want to call your attention to the place of this shelter the place of this security and this place is the name of the Lord this is the only time and you know what This is so interesting because 111 times in the Bible that phrase, the name of the Lord is used, 111 times. But this is the only time that this phrase is used, the name of the Lord, the only time it's used in the book of Proverbs. In ancient times, people would take shelter from enemies in strong towers. They had built fortresses on elevated places, and they had them as safe places where they could, could go and where they could flee and where they could find protection from their enemies. You know, today we have. You hear a lot about panic rooms and there's some people that have storm shelters, especially those who live in the uh, uh, Oklahoma and Kansas and places like that where tornadoes are are um, you know very frequent. Most homes have storm shelters. You know so that they can find a place of protection in the time of storm. There are. Some super bunkers for world leaders to get in in case there's an attack upon them from the enemy. But the writer here of Proverbs, who was Solomon, the writer here of Proverbs encourages God's people to take shelter in his strong tower from the threatening storms and the problems of life. And he tells us here in this verse of Scripture to take shelter in what we know to be true about God. He said that our Our shelter, our strong tower is what? The name of the Lord. That is our strong tower. And he's telling us here to take shelter in the name of the Lord and what we know to be true about the Lord. You see, you know, uh, we we, I think we're familiar with this, that in the Hebrew culture, a name wasn't just a label that was picked out of a book or something like that or just a label that was given to a child that was born, but a but a name revealed the character of that person. How many know that the name in Hebrew always revealed the character of that person? The name is who that person is, and that is the same with the Lord. His name reveals who he, who he is, and God has revealed Himself to His people through His name. That That reveals his character to us. God's name. The name of the Lord is who the Lord is. It's not just a name or any name. But it's the name of the Lord. And it reveals the character of God. So what is his name? You know God's name when we read the Bible. Uh, we find that the name of the Lord was first revealed to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Everybody remembers this story, don't you? Moses has fled Egypt. He's been on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He's there keeping his father-in-law Jethro's sheep. And right there unexpectedly, God shows up and appears to Moses in a burning bush. Moses sees a strange sight. There's a bush that's on fire, and it's not being consumed. And Moses said, I need to get over here and look at this. I've never seen anything like this before. This is such a strange sight, and when Moses goes over to that burning bush, God showed up, and God appeared to him and spoke to him out of that burning bush, and God said to Moses, hey, Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. I've heard them, and I've seen their oppression, and I'm choosing you guess what Moses you the man I'm choosing you to go down to Egypt and to deliver my people well you know Moses didn't really want to do that did he he begins to make all kinds of excuses about why he's not capable of going to Egypt and delivering them I mean he says to the Lord well who am I to do this I'm not even wanted there in Egypt They've, you know I've had to run from there and flee for my life he p- complains that, to God that he's a poor choice because he can't even talk plain. He's got a stuttering problem. He can't speak right. But God answers every one of his objections, you know, and says, I'll be with you, Moses. I'll go with you. I'll give you what you need to say. You, the issue, Moses, isn't who you are, but the issue is who I am. You, you know, that's a good lesson for us today. The issue today when it comes to doing. Doing something for the Lord and working for God it's not who I am I argued with the Lord too when he called me to preach I mean man I couldn't even get up and give an oral book report in school I was scared of people and crowds and public speaking and couldn't talk before people and I had all kinds of excuses but you know we got to find out when we do something for God it's not about who you are it's not about who I am but it's about who he is come on amen if If he's with us, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And so, you know, Moses, he he said, it's all about me, Moses. It's not about you. And so Moses said, well, I tell you what, God, if I go down there, here's another excuse. He said, if I go down there, he said, they're going to want to know who sent me. They're going to want to know, what shall I say to them? They're going to, they're going to say, well, what's, what's this God's name that sent you? Tell us who it was. And for the first time in that passage in Genesis 3, for the first time in all of history, God identifies his name clearly and unmistakably. He said to Moses there in Genesis 3, God said to him, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So what does God say to Moses? You go tell them that I am has sent me. Praise God. Well, I don't know. I just kind of believe that Moses is kind of standing there scratching his head thinking, okay, you are Who? You are. You're I am, but I am what? You are what? And he really didn't say what he was other than I am, which was the name Yahweh or the name that we know uh, that we refer to today as Jehovah. But he says I am. But you know what? Later on, if you read on through Exodus... Later on in Exodus chapter 33 and 34, God revealed there to Moses what his name meant and who he is. Remember, a name represents the character of that individual, of that person. And in the same way, God's name represents who he is. Amen? Moses is on the mountain. If you'll fast forward, if you'll fast forward to uh, the 33rd and 34th, Fourth chapter of the book of Exodus. Moses is on the mountain with the Lord. And you remember when he's there, it's after the children of Israel that danced around the golden calf and backslid. And Moses had come down off the mountain mad. And when he saw what had happened, he threw down the tablets of stone, and Moses broke all ten commandments at one time. Now he's back up on the mountain getting the, 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 uh, the, the law of God the second time. And God's go- there to rewrite the commandments. And while Moses is there on the mountain with the Lord, Moses says to him, O oh Lord, please show me your glory. Show me your glory. You remember that? And here's what the Lord said to Moses. The Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And listen, listen. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and God told Moses he said no one can see me see my face and live but I'll put you in the cleft of the rock I'll cover you with my hand I'll pass by you and I'll remove my hand and you'll see my backside and the afterglow of my glory and here's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34 verses 5 through 7 it said now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and listened and proclaimed the name of the Lord and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed here is his name the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious longsuffering and abounding in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and by no means clearing the guilty notice what, what, we, what, what he's saying here earlier God had said my name is I am but now here on the mountain glory to God I'm about to have a spell here on the mountain God finishes the sentence he said I want to proclaim to you the name of the Lord I'm going to tell you in other words what that I am means I'm going to tell you now Moses who I am I'm going to tell you what's all wrapped up in Yahweh I'm going to tell you who Jehovah God is who your God is hallelujah he finishes the sentence and he declares that to Moses who he is and he said Moses here's who I am I am merciful I am gracious I I am long-suffering. I am forgiving. Hallelujah. These are the things that God declares. And this is the very nature of our God today. Can somebody give me a shout of amen today? Hallelujah to the Lamb. God said to him, this is who I am, Moses. I am merciful. See, the first thing that God wanted to know about his character was that he was merciful. And I am so glad today that I know a God and have a God that is a merciful God. How many are glad for the mercy of God today? You know what mercy is, don't you? Mercy extended to us. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And I'm going to tell you what, I am so glad for the mercy of God that God has not given me what I deserve. Come on. If I would have gotten what I deserved, I'd be in in hell today. If I'd gotten what I deserved, I wouldn't be standing behind this pulpit today. Come on, amen. But thank God for His mercy. Jeremiah said in Lamentations 3, 22, It's because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. The only reason any of us are here today is because God has had mercy upon each and every one of us oh hallelujah but then God said I am also gracious grace what is grace oh hallelujah grace is that undeserved unearned unmerited favor of God grace listen if mercy is not getting what we deserve then grace is getting is getting what we do not deserve glory to God I'm telling you this is a good deal today ladies and gentlemen whether you know it or not and God said I'm going to tell you who I am Moses I'm going to proclaim my name to you I am gracious I am full of grace hallelujah I'm so glad for the unmerited favor the undeserved favor there wasn't anything that I could do to deserve the grace of God I couldn't be good enough to get saved but thank God it's not by my works it was not by my good deeds but it was by his grace when I placed my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that through his grace we are saved today, not of works lest any man should boast. Come on, amen. God said to Moses, I'm not only gracious, but I am long suffering. Even when people turn against me, that's what long suffering is. I bear long with them. I don't give up on them. I'm not willing that any should perish. And I'm telling you what, God was long suffering with me. Was he long suffering with you? Oh, when you were out in sin and, and, and God put up with a lot, didn't he? Amen. It's a wonder God didn't just smack me upside the head and saying I'm done now squash me like a little bugs down the road and he could have done that but oh I'm glad that not only is he merciful not only is he gracious but I'm glad that he's long suffering he can put up with a lot hallelujah his anger praise God he's not quick tempered he's slow to anger and he is a God that is long suffering but then he said this oh how Hallelujah. Not only am I merciful, not only am I gracious, not only am I long-suffering, but my name is this. I am abundant in goodness. How many is glad for the goodness of God? I want you to know we serve a good God today. We serve a good God today. Amen. He is good. We've sang about the goodness of God here all morning this morning and we serve a God today that is good to his people and every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above from the father of lights he's not out to do you harm he's not out to hurt you he's wanting to do something good for you and something good in your life he is the I am and he is good today hallelujah hallelujah He said, I am truth. That means God doesn't change with the latest fad or the latest philosophy. You can build your life on Him. His truth is steadfast. That is who God is. That reveals His character. That is our shelter and our strong tower. It's who God is. It's the name of the Lord, the name I am, that name Yahweh, that name Jehovah. He has revealed Himself to us in His name. In His name. And that name chases away our stress. And what He is and who He is will drive away our fears. Praise God if we will go to that place of refuge in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are seven redemptive, compound redemptive names of the, in the Bible of the Lord. There's more compound names than seven but seven redemptive names that show who God is to us as his children. He's Jehovah Jireh the Lord our provider he's Jehovah Nisi the banner our banner of victory he's Jehovah Sid the Lord our righteousness and Jehovah Makedesh the Lord our sanctifier he's Jehovah Rohi the Lord our shepherd and Jehovah Shama, the God who is always there and ever present he's Jehovah Shalom the God who is our peace I'm telling you we need to know the names of the Lord and meditate on his name hide this name in our heart this is who God is ladies and gentlemen his name is your strong tower today come on amen David said in Psalm 61:3, For you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. S- he said also in Psalm 18 and 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler in the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. In Psalm 92, or 91 and 2, he said, This, the psalmist said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. That is the place of our security. That is the place of our safety. That is the place of our protection. The name of the Lord is our strong tower. Can I get an amen? But secondly... The people who can access this security. The people are, he says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Who can experience this shelter and protection? Who has access to this strong tower? God's word said that it's his people, his children. The righteous. And only the only way you can be righteous today is to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's only through that personal relationship with Jesus that we can find security and shelter in the storms of life. How many know that? It's abiding in Christ, abiding in the Lord. Because let me tell you something today. There's judgment that is coming. We've been finding that out on Wednesday nights in the book of Revelation. But the only shelter that there is today from the judgment of God and from the wrath of God that is coming against sin, the only shelter from that is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who's come to take away the sin of the world. Jesus is our only refuge from the judgment of God Jesus was judged for us at the cross the wrath of God was poured out on him the judgment of God uh, for sin was dealt to the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary and he paid that price and so in the only way that I can prevent that judgment from coming on me and the only way you can prevent that judgment from coming on you is to be in Jesus Christ Christ to be in that high tower to be in that place of protection hallelujah he said that place of protection is for the righteous and the only way I'm saying the only way let me say it again the only way to be righteous is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to personally have a born again experience and be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ that is the only only way to be in him and to be protected it's the only way to be righteous amen all of our you know it doesn't matter what you, you and I try to do oh we can concoct a bunch of stuff you know well if I do this if I do this if I pray more and read my Bible more and, and, and go to church more and 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 give more in the offerings I'm going to do all this stuff and uh, that'll make God love me more and that'll make God do more things for me well you know what it's good it's good to, to, to pray how many say amen to that every Christian ought to have a prayer life it's good to read the Bible it's good to give we believe in all those things. But do you know what? All of those things are, are, are uh, attributes of, of being made righteous with Christ through the blood. None of those things will gain you any merit or any favor with God. We have religions today that, that teach favor. You can gain salvation and a place in heaven by doing certain things and certain works and all of this. There is no salvation in any good works whatsoever. Are you hearing me today? It's only by being saved and made righteous through a relationship with Jesus Christ. None of us, none of us, no matter what kind of a good moral life we may live, none of us have any righteousness of our own. There are so many people today that are deceived into believing, well, if I just live a good moral life, if I just live a good upright life, uh, then everything will be alright and, and God will accept me into heaven. I ask people that question, you know, with you died today and the Lord asks you why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And they always come off with about the same stuff. It's well because I've I've I've, I've uh, given to charities or I've done good things or I've kept the golden rule and I've done unto others and I've not killed anybody and all of these things. Maybe those are good and all of those are good things but none of those works can make you righteous before God. All the good works that we can muster up are as filthy rags in the sight of God. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of God. The only way we can be righteous which means to be justified which means to be declared not guilty which means to be innocent before God which means to be freed and cleansed from all of our sin the only way that can happen is through faith in christ and receiving him repenting of sin and making him the lord and savior of your life come on amen the only way you can be made righteous is through him hallelujah we must receive his righteousness one of my favorite verses of scripture second second corinthians 521 I've mentioned this a couple of times lately, but I want to bring it to you again today. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him, speaking of Jesus, God made Jesus. Jesus who knew no sin to be sin or a sin offering for us to take our sin upon him. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him, in Christ. What a deal that is. I'll take that deal any day of the week, amen, and twice on Sunday. Jesus Christ taking all of my sin and then giving me all of His righteousness. Praise God. And that's exactly what He does. Hallelujah. When we come to Christ, He forgives us. He cleanses us. He clears our record. He discredits all of our sin he discredits all of our unrighteousness and cancels that out and he credits to our account the very righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ I stand here before you today justified before God by the blood of Jesus hallelujah I have access to the presence of God and so do you because you have been made. Made righteous through his blood with his righteousness. Well, if that don't excite you, you're beyond hope. Praise God. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the good news of the gospel. That is the greatest story and message that we can give to you today. And those are the ones who have been made righteous. And let me just throw this in. That when you get saved and you're made righteous through the blood of Jesus, that you will live righteous. Got a, got a, got a few? Got a few. Amen. You will live righteous. You will live differently. Because when you're made righteous by the, by, the, by the blood of Jesus and Christ gives you his righteousness and comes in to live on the inside of you, your life changes. The things you used to do and the the way you used to live, you don't do that anymore. You're changed. You're made new in Christ Jesus. You live a different lifestyle. I know there are those that say, well, I'm I'm professing Christ and I've been made righteous but I can still live in the world and do the things of the world. That's taught nowhere in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. That's taught nowhere. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And Paul immediately says, God forbid, certainly not, no way, Jose. That's my translation. Amen. He said, how can we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? No, when you're born again and given the righteousness of christ your desires change you now want to do uh, the things that you used to hate you love and the things that you used to love you hate it's a complete transformation it's called repentance it's called turning around and going the other direction so who can flee to him for shelter those who are righteous now you can run To him, you can find sufficiency to meet all of your needs because of the blood of Jesus and because of being made righteous. But notice, thirdly, the path the path to this shelter. He says, The righteous, what? Run to it. The righteous, run to it. This is the the path to the shelter, ladies and gentlemen, and it's very simple. Run to whom you know God to be, as revealed in His Word and revealed in His name. Run to Him. Glory to God. In biblical times, these fortresses and towers and places of refuge were built for emergencies. These people didn't live in these towers. They didn't live in these castles or in these fortresses. But they it was an agrarian society. They 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 were farmers, they lived in villages, they were shepherds, and they had herds and flocks, and they worked out, you know, in the fields all the time. But they would have a place for that community, a shelter or a tower somewhere where in case of emergency or when they were under attack that they could run to that place of protection, to that place of of shelter. They had these fortresses there and they would flee there for security. And that's the picture that Solomon is giving here that the name of the Lord is that place of security. And and this tells us that God, what does it tell us? What is it saying to us? It's telling us that God is always accessible and available at any time that you're in trouble at any time that you need him he's always accessible and he's always available isn't that good to know amen he doesn't have office hours he doesn't have a sign on the window and says out to lunch come back later or we're closed for the weekend no 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 he's got he's always accessible that we can run to him we can flee to him the shelter ladies and gentlemen is always open can i get an amen we can run to the Lord and to his name at any time seven days a week 365 days out of the year whenever we need we can run to him let me tell you let me encourage you this morning abundant life whatever you may be facing and I don't know your needs today but whatever you're facing today flee to him run to him beat a path to his door sprint to him don't hesitate because the a strong tower is always there and he is never closed. Hallelujah. Psalm 71:3 said, Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Always hide. Hallelujah. There's access. All you gotta do is run to him today. Run to him today. Oh, praise God. He is our awesome access. Our, our ex- he is awesome and He is accessible and He is an ageless refuge. God is always available, instantly present in every situation. And I want to say this to you today, abundant life, that God is easy to find. He's not hiding from you. You can run to Him at any time. You can seek Him in any circumstance or in any Any situation, no problem is any match for him. He is an ever-present help. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our fortress. An ever-present help in the time of trouble. He's always available. Run to him today. Problem with so many people is when they're in trouble or when they sin or when they fail, they want to run away from God. Don't run away from Him. Run to Him. Run to that shelter. Come on. Hallelujah. Brother Rick, how do I do that? How can I run to him? Well, we run to him in faith, believing who he is, who who he has revealed himself to be in his word. We come to him and trust in him and believe in him. We run to him through prayer. How many knows that? When burdens and cares of life overwhelm us, we can run to Jesus. We can run to the tower. We can run to him in prayer. And in that time of prayer, that's when we can cast all of our care upon him for he cares for us you don't have any reason or or, or, or there's no sense in you as a believer going through life weighted down with the burdens and cares of life when the Bible says cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you when the Bible said casting all your care upon him for he careth for you come on when the Bible says don't be anxious for anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made down to God what's your worry list take your worry list and turn it into a prayer list and run to the tower run to the tower run to the shelter run to Jesus he's got the answer to your problem amen Oh, hallelujah. I've, got to, I've got, to, got to get my last point in. The protection that He gives. When we know His name, we go to the place. We take the right path. We're the, we're the people of God. But then the fourth thing is, when we get to the shelter, there's protection the righteous run to it what's the last three words and are safe Mm. well that's enough right there to make a presbyterian shout and are safe it's interesting when you look at that word safe I have a new King James in front of me this morning. And there's a little little number one by the word safe. And you look down in the marginal notes. And it says that literally it means set on high. And so I looked that up. And that's exactly what it means. That the righteous, when they run to the tower of the name of the Lord, they are set on high. Think a noblick tower. It's set. It's if you've ever been up there, you're up on high. Ain't nothing down there can get to you because you're above all other things. You've been set on high, and that's what this word means. The Hebrew word I looked up the Hebrew word, and the Hebrew word there for safe means this: inaccessibly high, too high for capture. Now, I don't mind to tell you that when I read that, I almost just jumped up out of my seat there in my study and done a little little dance around the chair, praise God. I felt like I probably should have. But when I read that... They are safe, which means to be inaccessibly high and too high for capture. In other words, it's a picture that God lifts us up above the troubles of life. It's a picture that he sets us up on high to a place where the enemy has no more... (laughs) Where the enemy has no access to us. Come on, somebody. Where our life is hid with Christ in God. Praise God. As, a, as our tower, God gives us preservation. But he also gives us elevation. God provides refuge on the outside. He gives us strength on the inside. And he gives us help on the downside of life. Praise God. He is our strong tower. A friend one time saw a buddy of his that he hadn't saw in quite a while and he, he noticed that he looked a little down and a little discouraged and the, the man asked his friend he said, he said how how you doing how's things going and, he, and, and the guy answered him and he said well I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances and his friend replied said what in the world are you doing down there Under the circumstances. Hallelujah. That's where most people spend much of their life is under the circumstances. There was a quote that I read the other day that said circumstances are like the mattress on your bed. You're not supposed to be under them but on top of them. That's what God wants to do for you today is lift you up above the shadows, plant your feet on higher ground and put you above the circumstances. Make you inaccessible to the attacks of the enemy. Give you a place of safety and security and protection and preservation from all the works of the enemy. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a good praise. (laughs) The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and God lifts them up. and God sets them on high. God brings them above the circumstances. Or you may be under attack by the enemy today. Worship team, please be making your way back. You may be under attack today. I would be willing to say that there is somebody in this service today that Satan's attacking your life in some way. Maybe the burdens of life and the struggles and the cares of life have have just got you down, and you're one of them sitting here today saying, Yeah, Pastor, I'm under the circumstances. I'm under that mattress instead of being on top of it. Well, I'm going to give you some advice from this book, what I've preached to you this morning. What you need to do is run to God. Run to God. Run to God. If you need Him, we're going to give an altar call in a minute and have people to come that need prayer. But if I was in that that place of need today, I would run to Him. I would find that strong high tower and let Him do something in my life. He is your strong tower. He will lift you up. Ladies and gentlemen, He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. He's full of forgiveness and goodness. He is your healer. He is your provider. He is your ever-present help in trouble. He is your shelter. And whatever you need shelter from today, you know where you're going to find it? You're going to find it in Jesus. You're going to find it in Jesus. The Bible says in Philippians chapter number 4. I'm sorry, chapter number 2. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has highly exalted Jesus. And that He has given to Jesus the name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow and every tongue confess of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every power of darkness, every enemy, every work of Satan must bow, must bow. To the name of Jesus. There is no other name that is as powerful, as healing, as forgiving, as victorious as the name Jesus. Jesus. And we need to run to his name. That's his name in this new covenant. Jesus, Jesus. And everything that I read to you of those seven redemptive names of Jehovah in the Old Covenant, all of those are ours in Jesus, in Jesus. Whatever you need, I believe today if you'll come to him, run to the tower and speak the name of Jesus, that he's got just exactly what you need. You will be safe lifted on high, inaccessible to the enemy, above all that the enemy can do in your life. Let's stand this morning. They're going to sing.